Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Marjorie, I have to tell you, I was out and about quite a bit yesterday. Mm -hmm. As we're recording this, it's Friday morning. People always ask, when do you record and when do the episodes come out? And we record whenever we can make it happen. That's the truth. And then the episodes come out on Tuesdays, but I was in Prior Lake for a big episode of Twin Cities Live where we do like a big on-location show, and I had so many nesters come up to me, and they were like, and and this is the thing that's so interesting about people who listen to the podcast, and if you're listening to this, you're a podcast listener, but they kind of like grab my arm, and they're like, I love the podcast. It's like a secret society. It's like, I have to just like pull you aside and tell you this really quietly and then very excitedly. And then I was at an event. Oh, that makes you so happy. Yeah. I'm at an event at our golf club last night. They do like a big 4th of July thing and fireworks and all that. It was so much fun. And I start chatting with this fellow mom while I'm in line for face painting and balloon animals, of you know, you is, which is what I'm doing. Yes. And um, we just start chatting. And then all of a sudden she goes, wait a second. I listen to your podcast. I love your podcast. It was so much fun. And so it was just great. Nice to kind of have that connection with people. And I just want you to know that people here in the Twin Cities who might have not even really been familiar with you from the radio show that you right. did for 10 years with your husband. Like they've discovered the podcast and they're like, Marjorie is amazing. And they just rave about you. So there was a lot of raving about Marjorie happening in my life yesterday. And so it's just delightful to be reunited with you today. It is delightful to be reunited with you. And I have to say, it makes me like deep down freakishly happy that we're part of a secret society. I know, I know. <laughs> I know. May it always be so. May it always be so. (laughs) I agree. I do get a lot of don't ever stop doing the podcast. Don't stop doing the podcast. So there there are veiled threats involved with the conversations (laughs) that I'm happening with nesters, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm excited about our topic today, though, because I do think one of the beautiful things about this podcast is that you and I are in different places in life. And yet... We both seem to learn from each other so much in different areas. And this is an area in which I've needed a lot of pushing and prodding, which is, Elizabeth, you need more help Help with your life and your children. When people say, how do you do it all? I'm like, oh, I curl up in the corner and cry a lot. Okay, is that normal? I snap at my husband. It's cool. Whatever. Everything's fine. So over the past year, I've had this journey into figuring out that I need more help and I need to figure out how to allocate my resources accordingly so that I can actually be enjoying my life and not feeling like I'm just barely scraping by. And you have been always very good about this. Like you are, you're okay with getting help around your house and that's good. 
that was, but see, you're seeing the end result. The other side. Okay. Okay. You and I are very similar. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is not, we're very similar and very different, but our similarities, I think are at our core. Mm-hmm. Our differences are more of the periphery things at our yeah. core. We value our independence to a point where it no longer serves us. I think that was sort of a common, when we first met, when we started doing our radio show together, we didn't know each other. I know. I mean, we were friendly, but I think right. we're actually kind of better friends with my husband mm-hmm. than really me. I mean, you guys, you and Ian knew each other better than you and I knew each other. Yeah. He's think, become a bit of a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but he, but for, for me and you, we sat down to do this radio show, which depends on chemistry. And right away, I think there was a common strain of, I get you, you get me. Yeah. And I think, and, and part of that starts with, we are so independent and I wouldn't say willful. I would say we are strong minded. We know what we want and we will get it and we do it. Mm -hmm. And that I admire so much in men and women. I admire that quality. Something I've learned from you which you taught me through your therapist with it was we have to be mindful of that when it no longer serves us or serves our relationships. And I think that's the difficulty of bringing help is because I really, and I was of the generation where working woman magazine was still a thing that was telling women you could do it all. So I had that weird voice in my head of like, I can do it all. I can do it all. I hate that. I hate, I can't, it's impossible. I hate it. It, yeah, because uh, yeah. it's not real. It's not true. And to be honest, what I had to do was navigate. I navigated my career by doing a lot of freelance work. So I didn't do what you're doing. And what I tried to do what you're doing um, when I worked at CNN, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And it didn't work for me because I had a son that came to me at five and said, Mom, can you just have a job like dad where I could see you once in a while? Because I was working, I mean, CNN's long days, but not impossible. I had, I have many friends that had children and worked at CNN and raised these fabulous kids. It was me. It wasn't the job. It was me. It didn't feel right to me. Well, yeah. And I will, let's just say too, I mean, I think you were also in your, you were still young. I mean, you were like probably what, late twenties, early thirties doing that early thirties, 33, 34. I mean, Um, there is a freedom that comes with being, you know, kind of once you hit that 20 year mark in an industry, you have a yeah. little bit more freedom to write your ticket, yeah. which yeah. I there was no writing of am doing. Ticket. You know, there were, yeah. there were many years when I said yes to everything. Yeah. And now I say no to almost all the all things. things. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of getting help, I, when I was working in Chicago, I had a full-time nanny. Yeah. I did. And, and that's the only reason I could do what I did. And she was, she was wonderful. And, and then when we moved to Atlanta, this is what we're going to talk about today. I brought in an au pair. All of this to say, it was difficult for me too. And I think I'm not the kind of person that gives up my privacy easily, ironically. I'm not the kind of, (laughs) I, I mean, I like my home. I'm so introverted. My home is like mine. And so that's a very, like, I, even though I I know a lot of working women who have cleaning ladies, always hard for me or cleaning teams, not necessarily clean. They have cleaning teams that come in really hard for me. And let's just say, I know that's a luxury. I know that I know that I know that, but when you're also working 50 or 60 hours a week and you can afford it, 
it becomes a necessity if you want to keep some sort of order. If mm-hmm. both you and your husband are working outside of your home in a job that can pay well and all of those things, it, it's just hard. Yeah. And I think for me, it was hard to welcome people into my home. And so when we moved to, um, when we moved to Atlanta, I was still working in Chicago and I was flying back and forth. I would leave Atlanta at five o'clock in the morning to make a morning meeting in Chicago. It was a little nuts and it wasn't 52 weeks out of the year. It was project to project, but under those circumstances, you need a different kind of care. Yeah. And so that's when we hired an au pair because my husband had a very flexible hours then. So we hired an au pair to cover like, you know, the morning when he would go do his radio show and then come home. But, but so I was forced into it. If I wanted to keep the job in Chicago, I had no choice but to bring in somebody to help me. The au pair thing is something that I've resisted for a long time. Like mm. everything I've done, everything, <laughs> everything I think I'm never going to do. And then here I am. Then I look at doing it, but we're looking into it. So here's where we're at. We are looking into having an au pair come in the fall. It's getting tight. The timeline is getting tight because I have not committed to anything or made a final decision. Right. It's kind of like do or die. Like as we record this, if I don't, if we don't, I say I, if we don't, there's my independence speaking. If you know, we my husband calls me on that all the time. Yeah. I yeah. speak in the eye and he's like, I speak in the eye unless it involves taking out the garbage or picking up dog poop. <laughs> and then I speak in the we. And when I'm speaking in the we, it means Jay, you. not <laughs> yes. me. So that's there is how like you have coded, to translate. The coded language of marriage. There you Yeah, go. you totally okay. do. So if we don't like pull the trigger on this and get something locked down in the next week or so, then I'm going to have to go a different route. That's that being said, it doesn't mean that I wouldn't consider it like maybe for the winter or something like that. But this au pair concept to me, I wanted to talk to you about because I do think that maybe people aren't necessarily considering it or realizing like when I started talking to a couple of friends who have au pairs Mm -hmm. They were like, this is why this is so great. And they kind of listed off all these things. Now, it doesn't mean it doesn't come with challenges because it certainly does. But it's seeming to me like I'm already going to have to have someone in my home a lot. Yeah. I have space to have someone here. That's the trick. You got to have an extra bedroom. You have a house like we did when we had an au pair. We had a third floor yeah. And she lived on the third floor in the bedroom upstairs. Right. I'm so currently we in the, the third floor. floor. Yeah. So I don't know where I'll go to do this podcast, but you know, we'll figure that out for another day. But, but we're feeling like as we've sort of transitioned from full-time childcare, but no nanny help to now, okay, let's add in nanny help. And then the kids are kind of transitioning. And, right. and then as we move forward into, okay, I think we're going to need a full-time nanny yeah. and what that looks like, what it costs. And then also the trick of like getting someone to commit for without wondering all the time, if they're just going to be done, I need some more stability and consistency and, and I started to go, okay, this could be kind of a cool thing. Like this could, this could work out for us. We'll see. Well, the reason I too wanted to talk about this is I, I, I will say again, and this goes back to us being in different parts of our lives, me trying to have a career and keep working and shout out to Molly. We know that this should also be our husband's responsibilities to be a part of this discussion. <laughs> I know. And it is. We're, I mean, we're yeah. discussing it we, all the time. Right. So we know that. And so yeah. I always think back to when Molly said, what were we talking about? The cost of 
childcare compared to our salaries. Why do we only factor in the woman's salary? Right, right. Brilliant. This is our friend Molly Cat. Yes, yep. she's brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And and it changed the way I thought about that. So even in this discussion, know that that's in my head. That going forward, this not only should have been me figuring out how my career was going to go, but also in a modern day marriage, the husband thinking about that. Mm-hmm. To be honest, in our marriage, my husband was great about that. And so yeah. I, but I, I think that's something to think about. But when I think about, when I, like, when I look back at my life raising children and trying to have a career and all the stuff that we did, the one, really the the number one thing that brings back that anxiety or that knot in my stomach of, of, Oh, was childcare. Yeah. hundred percent. That was what was the ongoing issue. And so when you look at that, I think I know people who au pairs were the solution. For me, it was a disaster, (laughs) an absolute disaster. And this comes where we didn't need full-time coverage. It wasn't like I was going off to work. I was leaving town, but my husband was 100% could pick them up from school, did pick them up from school, would take care of them. I mean, she was, she had, you know, it wasn't because they always say like, you don't want to hire an au pair to be like, tag your it. Because that's not what au pairs are supposed to be doing. They're not for 45, 50 hours of, of care. That's not what they're supposed to be doing. So I think for me, that wasn't the issue. It wasn't that we had overloaded her. It wasn't that the biggest problem we had was that, and, and I'm going to tell you this story because these are the cautionary tales. When you are hiring someone, our first mistake was we did it in a rush. I needed somebody like tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I called the agency. The agency's like, well, we have an au pair in town. She's not happy with her family. Would you guys like to interview her and, and try it out? First red flag. Right. Huge red flag. Second red flag, although I don't want to be ageist, is she was older. She was 25. Okay. And that was a red flag only because what we got was a little bit of a, somebody was a little bit lost. Okay. And third red flag, she was super spoiled. She was Mm. from a super wealthy family. (laughs) She was super spoiled. So that was weird when I started doing things for her. (laughs) It's a little strange. So that, that didn't work out well. And then fourth, she really didn't have any interest in children. Oh my gosh. So what that meant was, is that she, now I'm, I'm saying all these things. What I also say, she was a very nice person. Sure. We were just misaligned. Yeah. She wanted a place to stay while she partied. Yeah. Okay. So she was a big, she was a big clubber. So she'd go out. When she, oh yeah, it was the nineties. Yeah. (laughs) And, but I will say a very nice person, but she was not a good caregiver for the children. And this is what happened. Once she lost them in the mall. (laughs) So that was bad. (laughs) Luckily, my two children were, they were, I think they were in fourth and second grade. Okay. That's pretty good. So they like, yeah, they weren't like toddlers. And I would also say, knowing my children now, did they hide a little bit from her? (laughs) They may have. They may have. And then the other thing was that she would take them to the pool. We had like a neighborhood pool and she would take Mm -hmm. them to the pool. And I had a mother call me and say, I just want you to know 
she's not watching them at yeah. all. We're yeah. watching them because I had a really close group of friends sort of mm-hmm. that all went there. And, and this was like the second week, like called me and said, she's sleeping at the pool. Oh, man. Hence the partying. Yeah, I've gotten reports from the pool from other moms that are all glowing that have been like, oh, I've seen your nanny here and she's having so much fun with the kids and it's like so sweet. So that I I have gotten that. Yeah, I have gotten the the opposite and it's been wonderful. And I I would say to the network of moms out there, it's not that we're all spying on the caregivers because that seems icky, but I so appreciated that. And I all I all I said to the au pair, we just had a conversation about it of like what that actually meant. And what I realized is unlike you and me, she had never cared for children before. Oh my God. Other than this other family that she had, and they were older kids. Yeah. She'd never, and thank God my kids were a little bit older that they could talk. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think Campbell must've been younger. Campbell was, I'm now thinking, cause he was little, he had to have been, actually, I take that back. They were not in fourth and second. Campbell was in preschool okay. at the time because the famous au pair story was we had a big staircase in our house, kind of like yours. Uh-huh. And when <laughs> Campbell was not taken kindly to her, this was right in the beginning. Oh, jeez. And this is such a famous story in our family. We very much love the movie The Lion King. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a scene in The Lion King where one of the characters says basically – don't return and never come back. Like there's mm-hmm. a scene. I think it's when Scar is banished. Scar saying that. Oh yeah. Or who? Somebody's banished. I haven't watched it in. 20 well, Scar years. says that to Simba, what to the little baby again? Simba, and he says like, "Run away and never come back." Well, yeah. that Campbell declared that at the top of the stairs to the au pair. <laughs> so that was kind of her welcome. So it was a mixed bag. But here's the mis- this, the mistakes I made. I rushed. Yeah. I didn't interview her properly. I didn't give her time or my children time to see if they liked each other mm-hmm. or to see if that was going to be a good match. Although sometimes you really can't because the au pair comes and that's what you, you get. Yeah, they're from overseas. And so it was, and I didn't ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. You really have to ask. So if anybody out there, including you, is looking for an au pair, you have to ask them, what is your intent in being here? Is it truly a cultural exchange, which is what the au pair system is supposed to be? Mm-hmm. Do you really want to feel like what it's like to be a part of an American family? Or just quite frankly, do you want to come here and party? Mm-hmm. Because some do. Now, I will tell you, my sister had au pairs the whole time when she was raising. She has one child. And they had fabulous relationships with the au pairs. I mean, just, it was a great, not a, not a good experience, but a great experience. Oh, that's so good. Her oldest daughter still keeps in touch with, I think the au pair from Germany still keeps in touch, went to her wedding. Oh, wow. So, I mean, the, the experiences couldn't have been more different. And I am so aware of my culpability in our situation, not working. And the au pair was culpable as well. But a lot of that was us not communicating what we needed from one another. Mm-hmm. And we got out of the, I mean, it was like a three month trial. And then we, we said, you know, we're kind of done. Yeah. And she was kind of, you know, she was kind of done. I mean, this was her second family, but, but so that's, that's sort of my story, which is not everybody's story. There are yeah. so many great experiences. I think, you know, what's, what's interesting as you talk about this is, and as you kind of look now, cause you know, you were making this decision like 20 years ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And as you look at it now, so as I've, so we've been working with this agency and, 
I mean, it's very clear, like it's 45 hours a week of childcare. That's right. the deal. Right. And they have, what's fun now is that like, when you look at these au pairs profiles, they have all these videos of themselves talking oh, that you great. can watch and they answer these questions. Like what's the difference between a good au pair and a great au pair? Like say hello to your host family and the kids. And oh, that's there's great. a lot of stress on the relationship with the kids and what you're looking for out of the relationship with the au pair. The one thing that I've sort of noticed that's kind of interesting is that there are young women from overseas, and I get this, that they have this idea that the only place they want to go is California. Like they want to be in California. And they're like, California is where I want to be. And I fully understand this because if you don't live in the United States and you hear about the United States, the best place apparently is California. California. They don't tell you about wildfires and earthquakes and how you can't uh, drive anywhere because there's so much traffic and all that kind of stuff. But they see the beach. They see the beach. They see the beach and they want to go. So that's been sort of like my guiding light is if anyone says anything about California, I'm like, okay, we're out. Right. Because well, <laughs> I just am like, we don't live in California. We live in Minnesota. It's a very different deal. And then I think what we've been sort of working through is where, what, what do we want in terms of how involved this person is with our family and what kind right. of person will fit with that and ours we're very close with our nannies and we've had several nannies who's, who've worked for us and they're mostly in, in college or graduated from right. college. And I mean, we were just at one of their graduation parties last weekend. Like we get to know their families. We, it's really a nice relationship and sort of, I'm sort of seeing this as kind of like a natural progression, right? That, that would be the next step. And, and that's um, the joy of it. I mean, yeah. to be honest, I mean, the best caregiver caregiving situation I ever had was we hired my younger son Campbell's preschool teacher to be, to take care of the kids. Right. And she ended up living with us because we were still in that same house. And that was fabulous because she truly was a part of the family. I mean, she Mm -hmm. just, it was, it was easy. She was easy. She knew why she was there. She, she liked being there. She liked teaching. And we, she was, she lived with us until she moved back. She was from Oregon until she moved back to Oregon, but it can work beautifully. It just has to be the right mesh. Yeah. And that was the right fit. And part of it was that I knew her and I, it was a relationship that developed over time. And I think that says more about me than it necessarily does about any other situation is I needed to feel comfortable to say, okay, come on in, be a, be a part of this. Mm -hmm. And because I'm, I tend to be very introverted in that way anyway. And I think you and I are a little bit different in that way. I think you're a much more, you're much more open to, to more relationships, I think. And I think that's a really, I think that's really key. And I think it's really beautiful you know, that you're open to that. And and to me, that's what helped makes a successful relationship with somebody who's going to move into your home and help care for the kids is they need to feel a part of. Yeah, I think so too. And the other thing to remember that I keep reminding myself about all of these decisions that we make about, about these types of things is that this is just a season. This isn't like we're committing to this for the rest of our life and this is how it's going to look. It's like this year we, we have a little bit more of like a complicated situation because of our schooling setup right. and Frankie's, you know, we're keeping Frankie, um, 
we're not going to have him go to kindergarten, even though he turns five here next right. week. Um, we're going to hang, have, have him hang back for a year and do a, a year. It's like his little mini gap year is what yeah. we're calling it. It's his gap yeah. year. But that just means that we need a little bit of extra help because we have so many moving parts. And yeah. so I just keep reminding myself, and this is important for me to do. And I think it's probably important for a lot of people with young kids is to just constantly remind yourself that you have to just take it in like six month to year chunks yep. because it's I just six month chunks. Yeah. Six it's months. just not forever. I mean, even when we were looking at the school year, we were like, it, this is, this is going to be nine months of kind of chaotic because we, it, what, you know, our situation right now is we would have three kids in three different schools. That's a lot to manage. Yeah. And yeah. so we would be really jetting back and forth. If we go with this au pair situation, we'll be able to streamline a little bit more. And I will say that one thing that Jay and I are really aligned on right now is streamline. Streamlining yeah. is like our word right now, which yeah. is Every decision that we're making about how we're setting things up in our house at its core is what's going to be the most streamlined approach. How can we cut down on the moving parts? Because the more moving parts you have, the more likely it is that one of those little things is going to go and not work out and for some whatever reason on any given day. And then you're going to have to scramble to fix it, which is what I feel like. Right now, I'm constantly in fix-it mode of, oh, wait, this didn't work. Oh, shoot, I signed them up for this. Oh, shoot, she's got to take this day off. It's constantly Band-Aids, and it feels not great. Well, that's overwhelming. I mean, at its core, that's overwhelming. And I will say that, you know, the the au pair situation, which I've already explained, I mean, that was so easily avoidable if I knew then what I know now. I never would have rushed. I never would have. I would have done it properly. Yeah. And I now think, I'm kind of rushing. This is that's a, that doesn't feel great, but we'll no, see. But but not in the same way that I. Yeah. Did. I, okay. I mean, I don't want I don't want you to be put off by that. My rushing was, she's 15 minutes away. Do you want her or not? Yeah. <laughs> they needed. They needed. They needed to get her out of that family situation. The family, I think, in in retrospect, they. The family and the au pair wanted it done. Yeah. So imagine for the agency what an uncomfortable situation is. Where where are they going to put this girl? Right. They got to put her somewhere. So it was kind of I would not say it was forced upon me. You know, it it in our family we sort of run on the idea of what blesses one blesses all. Mm-hmm. Not always. <laughs> there is a caveat to that. You know, so it was like, but that's kind of how it felt. It was like, oh, I need this right now, and here it is, and oh, and I didn't do my due diligence, mm-hmm. and and that seems careless when it comes to your children that I didn't, but I really feel like that was my error is I didn't do my due diligence and really understanding what does she want out of this experience? And we only had her, the beautiful thing was it was getting us through a crunch period. Yeah. I only needed her. She had like five months left on her contract. So in my head, I'm like, Oh, you know, five months, how bad can it be? Well, five months can be really awkward. (laughs) Especially if you have somebody who's, she was homesick. You know, yeah, she was, that's you know, hard. she was kind of spoiled. So she really didn't like to work at all. Mm-hmm. And so like one of the funniest things is, is like my son Campbell, when he was little, and now I do remember he was in preschool. He loved many things, like just little miniatures. I'll never forget. I was going to work I, and I was just going to work in the house. I had something to write. So I was, so I passed the playroom. 
I'll never forget this. They're sitting in the playroom and Anna's just sitting. Oop, I used her name. But anyway. Yeah, and we won't be able to track her down. No, she's just sitting there and she had long hair and she was just letting Campbell put mini little bugs all over her. (laughs) And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, that's the perfect way to be on a day when you're hungover. (laughs) And I just thought, he's super happy. You know, he was super happy because well, he's too happy. You know me. I wouldn't be able to sit still for 20 minutes, you know, because I can't. It's not my nature. And so I thought, all right. But this, but that was not a deal. So when I say rush, that was the rush situation. It's not the same. I mean, you may be in a rush, but it's not like she's yeah. down the block. She needs to move into your house tomorrow. I mean, no. our whole thing happened like in four days. Oh, my gosh. So, but it's it's just, it's so stressful. And to your point about ease, when when the kids' preschool teacher, when Campbell's preschool teacher moved in with us, what was so cool was the give and go of it mm-hmm. changed everything. I just adored her, and mm-hmm. the kids adored her, and she was a lovely person. And what was cool was Ian and I could just go for a walk. I know, and not even think about it. Yeah, and then yeah. stuff like that, which just felt like in our really, really, really busy lives. As a married couple, we could breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so that I'm only speaking to the live-in aspect, which I thought would be horrible. But when it was the right person, it was wonderful. So that was kind of cool because it just. That's great. You know, and it was more about what it did. It wasn't even so much about how she was caring for the kids, which was great. It was just more about Ian and I could breathe together. Yeah. And just going out on a date was easy. There was no logist like you talk about the logist there was no logistics to it. It was just like, hey, you know, and I'll say her name because she was lovely. Hey Tracy, we're gonna run out and just go grab dinner. Is that cool? Yeah, I'm here, it's fine. You know, easy. See, that's easy. the idea of breathing a little bit sounds yeah. very nice. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah. nice. And I think also the idea of not always being so outnumbered. Yeah. Sounds nice too. When there are yeah, it's, all it's, of these, it's man to man. You get three humans. in, you're man to man. So we'll see. I'll keep you posted. I'll let you know if it all if it works out. If it doesn't, um, and where we're at. And I think if you have any feedback, maybe you've had an au pair and loved it or hated it. Um, you know, send us a note and let us know what you think. This is good stuff. It's all a season, Marjorie. It's all a season. Boy, someday when we're doing this podcast. We're just going to be talking about like, oh, I took the golf cart to get a martini in our retirement community. <laughs> oh, I just, you, you know. You realize at that point, I'll be in my 80s and you'll yeah, be in your 60s. I'll drive you. It'll be great. It'll be super cool. It'll be awesome. We'll have a tricked out golf cart. Yes, we will. <laughs> we will. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. I understand the rating and the reviewing is very helpful to growing your audience and we would love more nesters to be part of it. Yes, we would. Skinny Moose writes to us, it's real. <laughs> I so appreciate how Marjorie and Elizabeth say it like it is. No protecting their ego. And that is what I love about the podcast. Well, we sure try not to. I would, I would say, of course, there's ego at times, but we, we sure try to let ours drop for a while and just be super honest find us on facebook and instagram at best of the nest we are the podcast that brings you home to be your best every day you need proven quality sleep every night science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental emotional and physical health And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, 
ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 smart bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 special edition smart bed. Plus special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.